And hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And unfortunately, at this moment, no ish, but don't worry, he will join us soon enough. As always, if you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, go ahead and like our Facebook page while you are there. And as well, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit the red subscribe button and hit that notification bell for shows like this one in the. Even though Ish is late, he's going to hit us with the ding. I'm, just, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it. What, what, what? I said, just in case you want to check us out on YouTube, you can hit that red, red notification, um, red subscribe button, and hit that notification bell for shows like this one in the future. Ding. There we go. I'm waiting on my boy. <laughs> and as well, you can check us out on X slash uh, Twitter with on a periscope at x talking ish as well and x underscore williams 81 i went ahead and retweeted that as on my personal page ish as you can see join us a little bit late yes, those are yes, things yes. that happens when you have a third kid now Man. in your establishment so <laughs> Man, please let ish make it he was a little bit busy tied up taking care of fatherly things because that's what fathers do on this show here ish Please catch us up with everything you got going on over there. You all right? Man, you know, that zone defense. We were we're working on the on the install for that new zone defense and it's it's not quite going well. You know, we're trying we're still working out some of the kinks. So it took me a minute to get on. Just some pick and roll action in or something. We, we got roll, to you know, boxing one or something like that. You know, you we, might change up the formations on that corner. We'll have to figure something out, man. All righty then. Y'all already know why y'all are here. We are here for week 17 recap show. We appreciate y'all as always once again for joining us. This is it, ish. This is it. I ain't talking about this week, but obviously next week. I'm talking about well, this is it for the regular season. We are pretty much done with the uh, we'll call it the uh the appetizer. Mm-hmm. The appetizer, the close to the the first entree. We're about to I think I think uh wild card weekend is that. That second entree I'm talking about, we getting a five course meal here. You feel me? Okay, that, second, okay. that second course, divisional round, we get that third course, conference championship game, fifth course, and then of course, don't forget about dessert with the Super Bowl, baby. I know that's a sixth course, but we don't count those as a, as a course. We count that as yeah, a dessert. No. So, with that being said, thank y'all as always for tuning in to X Talking Ish. I will never stop thanking y'all because y'all could have been anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, which I decided to be here, here with us. So we appreciate that. Once again, um, before we get into the thick of things, yeah. I know, of course, we're here to talk about NFL football, but let's just briefly, briefly talk a little bit about what we just saw in these games yesterday, college football playoff games. Um, again, yeah, I don't want to get – no, I, and I'm not going to because <laughs> if, if you guys know, you, you guys, if you don't know, it is an Ohio State fan when he wants to be. Majority, I think a lot of his alliance has gone back to the Harding side, which is completely understandable. Hey, national champs, baby. It's, again, understandable. But I will say in regards of the college football uh, playoff for this year and last year has been so much better for the semifinal games. We're, we're so much better than it was years prior. It was just blowouts galore, and it just seemed like it just wasn't even going to be fixed. Um, but these last uh, two games that we just saw, absolute classics. Um, 
honestly, I really don't want to talk about the Michigan and, and uh, Alabama game. Uh, I really want to talk about the Texas and Washington game because, um, you know, we, we joke a lot about how, you know, Texas always like to talk about that they're back. They're back. Oh. It's not yet, not yet. And I remember just a couple of years ago, um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you on front street because it hasn't happened yet for Texas to win a national championship. But we did go back and forth when it comes to the reason why Texas gets in their own way is because of their boosters, right? Mm-hmm. And because of the let's just be honest, the we think we're better than everybody else type of the, mindset. The culture or lack thereof culture. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I think this was a great jumping board, springboard, I should say, uh-huh. for them going into the SEC, right? Uh-huh. Because, and, I, and I'm talking to my wife about this with Michigan and Texas because, and again, I know everybody's going to get on me for this, and this is fine. I've been watching Michigan and Texas my whole life. My dad's from Detroit. I'm a Michigan fan, born and raised here in Texas. I'm a Texas fan. It is what it is. I would not apologize for that. But like I told my wife, Michigan needed this way more than Texas. Michigan needed to get this opportunity because the questions are still in the air with with, uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen. He could, he could go off to the NFL win or lose. He might stay. We, we, nobody really knows, but for Michigan in their program, they need this so much more, especially being a big, big 10 team, uh, comparison again to Texas, where they will probably get more and more opportunities, even though they'll probably be in a lot, lot more of a gauntlet of a of a conference schedule than Michigan. But because you're in the SEC, you might get more the benefit of the doubt because you're in that conference. So for Texas, I think a lot of those home state talent will stay in Texas now. Uh, I think this is a good foundational. Um, year to show everybody that wants to be a part of Texas that, hey, we can get there just about now getting to that next step, which is getting into the finals and then a championship game and then also winning it all. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that right quick, and then we'll get, of course, right into the NFL. No, I, I mean, we talked about this a couple of years ago, and I did say at the time, um, I don't think Texas could come back from the situation that they had. Um, but I think the main caveat for me was always – until they fix the culture, right? Like the biggest problem that Texas has always had is the culture or lack thereof. Um, and I think with Charlie Strong, you saw when he went in there, he he addressed a lot of that. He said, the problem we have, we got kids, you know, they riding a bus a block away um, to get to the practice field. Like, why are we doing that? Why do we feel so entitled to um, be in these conversations when we aren't doing anything on the field. And I think that Steve Sarkeesian is coming there and he's really made them earn it. And he's made them, um, he's turned that program around from a culture standpoint to, you know, make them really prove that they are an elite program. I think there has always been this thought that Texas is such an elite program. Well, if you look at the past couple of years, they aren't even close to that. Right. So, this was good, like you said, a good springboard. And I agree. I think Michigan needed this more than Texas did. Now, college football, I think, needed Texas to win more than they needed Michigan to win. Um, because I think from a college football standpoint, as much as Texas hasn't been a powerhouse on the field, they are ratings-wise. And what better way to bring them into the SEC? What better way 
to add them to what is the premier conference of college football than for them to go win the national championship game. I think that would have been a big story. That would have been, um, you know, you would have saw all the SEC fans claiming Texas as like, well, the SEC won the national championship game again because Texas is <laughs> going to the SEC. I didn't um, think about that, but, yeah, this is very true. This is very true. So, I mean, that would have been big for college football, bigger storyline, I think. But I do think um, Michigan needs this because there are a lot of um, question marks around um, Harbaugh and what's going to happen with him, where he's going to go. Oh, he just signed a new agent who's well-versed in the NFL world. Does that mean he's leaving? Um Hey, I I do want to throw this out there. What better way to ride off in the sunset than to win a national championship game? And it's funny, again, you say that because, of course, if we look in the NFL, we see his brother uh, coaching well, number one seed in the AFC Mm -hmm. at the moment, most Mm -hmm. likely will be number one uh, seed in the AFC. Could both Harbaugh brothers find a way to win a national or a championship championship. in general? Yeah, you're right. Um, And their perspective – levels of football because that in itself would be amazing as well too and like you said if you're able to go right off in the sunset you don't ride off to the sunset retirement you go right off into the sunset of maybe la mm-hmm. of maybe chicago bears yep. you know maybe one of these teams that will give you the bag give you the keys to this franchise to let you do whatever you want to do and then also you're probably going to bring a lot of those players from michigan and try to get them drafted onto that team as well, too. So there's a lot that's going to go into this. And best believe, of course, I will have my ear to the pavement and figure out what the heck is going to go on here. But one thing I will do from today until next week is I'm trying to find some tickets to this game here in Houston. <laughs> I'm already on the uh, I'm already on the look. See, I know tickets are a little pricey, but apparently they dropped because Texas lost last and night. I'm perfectly OK with that. I'm perfectly OK with that because, uh, like I said, I got a plug and um, let's just let's just say you might see me at NRG on Monday. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Let's go ahead and keep it Texas theme because, as you can see, my boy Maurice, he wants to talk about them Texans and whatnot. So let's go ahead and get to the thick of things. Let's talk about them Texans and uh, the game beat that pretty sure most Houstonians uh, wanted to uh, get once again, the sweeping, the sweeping of the Tennessee Titans. And ish, I, I usually say, hey, this is your spot to, to shine, talk about your Chiefs. I think this is my time to talk about this game and the way that the Tennessee Titans have played throughout this season. Yeah, talk um, about Will Levis, man. Yeah, that's the future perfect. of the franchise. Anywho, um, so yeah, it's perfectly fine. I, I will speak about this game and not Will Levis. Um, first things first, uh, because again, I know I have a lot of Texan fans that want to uh, troll and hee hee ha ha, and, that's, and again, that's perfectly fine. Um, this is downright pathetic. I'm gonna keep it. how I feel about what I just saw, not just with this game, but the Tennessee Titans decided to get swept by a team that's in rebuilding mode. That's not good-ish. That's not good at all. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Oh, I think it's fair. I think it's fair because, okay, ish, think about, okay, think about this. I'm dead-ass here. Think about this. First-year head coach, first-year quarterback, rookies all over the field, both sides of the ball, a lot of young players, this was a year for the Texans to figure it out, to win five or six games. This was not for the Texans to win They're eight, nine, nine, ten games. Huh? They're nine and seven. 
They're and not, they they easily could win. Like, they easily could have 10, 11 wins right now. And they should have beat the so Panthers. Okay, so they should have beat the Panthers. And and also like CJ Stroud was out for two games where they easily could win two. Uh, they would easily could have okay. double digit wins right now. Dude, I get so what this you're is saying. my this is my okay, point. This is my point. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong on what you're trying to what you're trying to say, right? But the point is, is that they this year was a rebuild year. Moving forward now, next year people won't look at them as a real building type of team, but this year is the rebuild for what they are trying to establish moving forward. There's no if, ands, and buts about that. Just because they won eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 games does not ne- does not negate the fact that they are still rebuilding. That's my point. Because if they won five or six games and the Titans swept them, then we'd be like, Oh, well, I mean, they were in rebuilding mode. Yeah, I mean, nobody expected them to beat the Titans, right. That, guess, but that's, that's not the that's not the point I'm making though. I get what you're saying, and I get you're saying they're a rebuilding team. But at the same time, I think there are different types of rebuilding teams, right? There are teams that are rebuilding from the bottom up, and it's going to take them a number of years, right? There are teams who have some talent, and they may be able to compete. You're just not expecting it the world from them, right? And I think that's kind of where i think at the beginning of the year we were looking at the texans as a team building from the bottom up right like they're going to be rock bottom we don't expect much from them and then i think we saw as the year went on like hold on this team actually has a lot of talent on it maybe they just weren't put in the best situation to win and maybe and sometimes it takes the right coach sometimes it takes the right gm it takes the right sort of situation i would say even the right year right because if you look at the afc south in its current picture right now i mean it's all young quarterbacks Mm -hmm. all teams trying to figure out you know what does the future look like for us so this just happened to be the right time the right year for the a rebuilding team like the Texans to catch lightning in a bottle and you know be able to win nine nine ten eleven games so you got to look at it like I get what you're saying they are a rebuilding team and for the Tennessee Titans who the the structure of that team is more so let's win in this window that we have and very quickly it kind of turned into okay, we need to start looking at what we can do to move forward because clearly this window, it, it, it's, it's shut now. I mean, to I don't know you as a Titan fan if you feel that way, but I definitely feel like, yeah, that window is done. The window for the Titans closed about two years ago. Um, hmm. Last year, I think it was one of those years where, you know, you could be hopeful and all that fun stuff, but reality was you just weren't good enough. I mean, it's just it is what it is. And also, I feel like too, after that trade of AJ Brown, yeah, that was that was that was, that was it. Future planning. That was that was it. I mean, ever since then, I mean, it has been, you know, trying to pick everything back up. You know, hire a new GM with Rand and and doing all these other things. But and uh, my apologies if anybody hear that screaming <laughs> in the background. That is my son. But uh. <laughs> Anywho, let me get to the comment section right quick because, um, again, for whatever reason, I think people keep getting stuck on these terms like Cam Newton when he talked about game managers and Morris here with this rebuilding mode and whatnot. Mo, please Maybe listen. Rebuild- no, 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 no. Let me, let me speak. Please listen. Please listen very carefully, Mo, Mo because I'm going to say this one time and one time only. I'm talking about before the season started. The Texans were in rebuild mode. There is no ifs, ands, and buts about it. 
Y'all can you can twist your words up all you want to and talk about how the Titans are in rebuilding mode. No, the fuck they were not. Before the season started, the Titans were not in rebuild mode. Stop. Next season, when the season's before the season starts, yes, the Tennessee Titans will be in rebuild mode. So again, for whatever reason, the word rebuild is just very hurtful Whoa. to Texan fans or anybody in general, or whatever it is. I don't know why that's such a hurtful term when in reality that's what's going on. Let me, adjust, let me adjust it. I'm going to make it better for you. Let me adjust it. Rebuild is the wrong word. The Texans were are a building team because they didn't have anything to rebuild from the from the get go. Okay, there was nothing built before. They weren't there. They were nothing. They were nobody. I don't care if you talk about with the Deshaun Watson era when they were able to make it to the playoffs and they went and got curb stomped by the Chiefs. They were still twenty four points at that. They were still nothing then. So they're building. They're a building organization. They're a building team and. Let's be honest, a lot of people weren't expecting much from them. But like I said, anyone who has played in the sport, has watched the sport, they're able to say, maybe I wasn't expecting anything from them at the beginning, but this was if there was any year for them to have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, a rookie offensive coordinator, and be able to pull out maybe a wild card berth, you know, maybe be able to go on and win a first round game. This is the year. Oh yeah. The division is set up for them. The AFC, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, the AFC is a lot weaker this year than any year recently. So you got to look at it from a standpoint of, and you can do that all you want to. The AFC is weak. No, I'm, no, no, no. no. I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I'm, oh, I'm okay. Look, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking some around people are arguing about that. No, right? no, no. I don't want to argue. I'm just I'm looking at the AFC as a whole when it comes to that middle section of the AFC from, you know, the fifth seed to the ninth seed. I mean, we're still you still got teams half a game with, with them, one another. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it as in a couple years ago, it was the Chiefs and everybody else, right? Yep, yep. I think you're saying more so now that even though it is the Ravens versus everybody else, you still got, you know, the Ravens, you still got the Chiefs creeping up, you know, and then, you know, well, the Dolphins we don't really believe in, the Jaguars we don't believe in, and then maybe the Browns. And then, again, if the Bills are even – do they want to show up? Yeah, like, are they going to show up? I, I understand what you're saying. Well, and also I think in years past, I know we were we say it was the Chiefs and everybody else, but I would say – the Bengals were kind of there ever since Joe Burrow came in. The Bengals have kind of been there. The The Bills have been there. They just somehow pull a, a Dallas Cowboys every postseason, right? So it's mm-hmm. like we've had three teams, I feel like, at the top of the AFC that you look at them and you're like, oh, okay, all those teams are good, and they're probably beating the NFC team that comes out. Other than the year where the Chiefs went in and got donkey whooped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't know what was going on there. But either way, the defense was going on. Yeah, the defense was going on. Um, either way, I think this year, though, when you look at it, the Ravens are o- the only real contender to me when I look at the AFC. Like I'm looking at Miami, we see Miami has some clear flaws, hey, I'm right? Not, I'm not, I'm not disregarding clear the flaws. You're not disregarding the Browns, right? The now. problem with the Browns, I'm, I'm listening. The problem with the Browns, that's the one team to, right now in the playoffs I think that can actually be. Yeah, Browns. but we need to have a talk about like. I know we all love this story of Joe Flacco resurgence, and I'm going to say it now. I think 
if anything, if they go on to make any noise in the playoffs, it just reminds me of Trent Dilfer and the, the Baltimore Ravens a long, long, long time ago. First of all, that would be the don't similar... you disrespect Joe Flacco with Trent Dilfer, okay? Okay. No, Joe Flacco, that, what, let no. Joe Flacco get a ring with the Ravens in the Browns. Okay. Let him no. get a ring with the damn Browns if he wants to. It ain't going to no. happen. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not picking the Browns with the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying you you got to you gotta look at Joe Flacco a whole, a whole lot differently now when it comes to how you've judged him as a quarterback. Yeah. When he was with the Ravens, it was always, oh, he's a game manager. You can look at his career that way, but I'm going to tell you now, him winning this year with the Browns, if they go on and do anything, it's Trent Dilfer in the the Baltimore Ravens. That's what it is. It's Trent Dilfer in the Baltimore Ravens. Men don't lie. You do that. It's Trent Dilfer in the Baltimore Ravens. This is, this is just Joe Flacco with the Ravens. That's what it is. Not Trent. It's Joe Flacco. It's It's the same guy. It's Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer can't Trent even Dilfer. Trent Dilfer can't even hold Joe Flacco's jock strap right now. Oh, okay. Trent Dilfer can't even throw a pass to his kid with nobody open on a little tight goddamn basketball goal. Stop. Well, all right, well, Joe Flacco winning this year. That yeah, I'm I'm seeing shades of Trent Dilfer all year, over again. You gonna you gonna stop being disrespectful? Let me get to this comment right quick from Morris because. I think this is a beautiful comment right here. And Ish, can you please can you please read this comment for me? And then he's talking about the Houston Texans. Go ahead, and read this comment. And to be fair, if someone says they saw this coming, they're lying. That's can you remind true. him? Can you remind him? Can you remind him? Please? Oh no, X called it though. X said that the Texans were going to do well, and I was looking at the schedule, and I I just didn't see it. I I said it early on. I was like. I just don't know. I want to bask. I want to bask in all of this rightness because everybody keeps saying, oh, nobody expected the Texans to do this. Nobody expected. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And guess what I'm going to do, too? I'm going to go get that clip from our pregame, from our, sorry, from our show before the season started. And I'm going to let everybody, I'm going I'm to play it. I'm going to loop it for the next week and a half before the playoffs start, just so I can t- show everybody once again that X was right about the Houston Texans. <sighs> Yeah, right. you had you had faith in in you saw you know treasure where everybody else saw trash, and um, for once you were right. For once, for once, yes, uh, I guess you know as they say, a broken clock is right at least twice a day, right? But it is what it is. Shout out to Greg. You know, again, we keep receipts around here. That's what the show is about. We do. So I keep we receipts do. and being held accountable for them W's and L's. So let's stay in the state of Texas. Let's go all the way back to Saturday night. For this wacky game here. Now, a lot of talks on this game here, and everybody's tuning in. I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this game because I want to speak on this, but I want Ish to talk about it first because I've been speaking too much. So, Ish, you go first, and I'll follow up from there. Okay, so there are a number of things to break down on that last two-point conversion situation. Um, Number one, one thing that I think we're we aren't talking about or people haven't been talking about, this is a this is an example of gamesmanship gone wrong. Okay. The reason why I say that is one lineman is going to go check in and tell them he's eligible. Why are you sending two linemen over there to go do that other than you're trying to confuse the defense, right? Of course. Like you don't want them to that. know yeah. which one is checking in. This is even normal, though, the, though. Even though the ref is going to say so-and-so is, like, number six is eligible. Such eligible. Or, eligible. So it's like you, yes. you, you're trying to game them. Trying to get in you. Their head, yeah. But, like, really what it did was it came back to bite you in the butt. I think they did go to report 
the ref maybe just made a mistake and says 70 instead of 68, 58, whatever. Oh, well, that that it is what it is. People make mistakes. I can't say much about that. Right. Here's what here's my problem. I get it. You wanted to go for the win, my man. Cool. It was cool the first time. Most teams got one play that they know we're going to run this for two. When we got the penalty, kick the extra point and go to overtime. You're going to win the game. Kick the extra point and go to overtime. Why are we still doing it? Why? Why? Why are we still going for two? We've shown our hand already. Yeah, he told the refs, but he didn't tell the refs what number. He didn't tell the he did tell the refs that we have these formations. And I know I've been I've been a part say, of those conversations coaches, before. Co- coaches let referees know, like, look, we got this one or two plays. We got these you know, plays this, or this yes, formation. Yes. We got this kind of formation. Got, this the first, the first play, the first play we're going to run is going to be this. So that, yes, this happens all the time on all, all time. levels of football. Yes, yeah, all the time. I'm not. I'm not. You know, a stranger to that. The problem is when it comes game time, yeah, you told the ref beforehand, but when you got two linemen coming up to the ref in a very tense situation, uh, a very stressful, like, let's not get it wrong. The refs don't want to be the storyline. This is a very stressful situation. This team is going for two. We want to make sure we got everything in order. You got two linemen coming up to me and confusing me on who's checking in. Like number 70, if even if you wanted to go and be the decoy, you better stand back and don't say shit. Just be standing there, okay? Let 68 go uh, 68 go up there and say, hey, I'm I'm gonna be eligible or whatever. You just stand back or whatever. Or if you want to send 70 to tell him that 68 is gonna be, which I think that might have been the situation. Nobody gonna say it, but what if 70 goes up? It says 68 is going to be eligible. 68 is with him. The ref, you know, he thinking about a lot of things. He probably think about what he going to eat that night. He think about that steak dinner tonight. Yeah, I got you. And he's like, 70 is eligible. I mean, there's a lot of things. We don't know the conversation that went on amongst them. But either way, I think the gamesmanship is what killed them, came back to bite them. And then once they did get the penalty and everything, Dan Campbell has to just kick the extra point. Don't continue to go for two. I think that's a tough situation. And I've criticized Harbaugh in in Baltimore for the same thing. There are certain times, yes, you want to go for the win or whatever. But if you're in a situation where I think the momentum is with Detroit anyway, kick the extra point, go to overtime. I know it's kind of a chance because you don't know who's going to win that coin toss. But at the same time, You had the momentum. Your team really wanted to win that game. I feel like your team was hungry. Yes, Dallas was making plays. But at that point in time in the game, I felt like Detroit was the team that was looking more like the team that was going to go on and win that game. So why do you throw it away? Because you gave it to Jared Goff. This is yet another reason why Jared Goff don't need to be the guy anyway. But that's another story for another day. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a lot there. Ish. I wasn't expecting for that ending there, but okay. Um, my rebuttal to that is, first of all, everything that you said, I understand you're not wrong on that perspective. But mm-hmm. from a perspective of me going inside of Dan Campbell's mind, I completely understand his mindset and thought process on going for two. Mainly is the I'm sorry. The, okay, but here's the kicker though. 
They've been playing like this all season long. And you stated, you just stated before uh, on, on your little soliloquy that us people that play football before, we know that when you go to start at week one and you get to an opportunity to get in the playoffs or even the championship game, you you go with what you what got you there. Right. We're not changing shit up unless it's a couple of things here and there because of the way the defense might play or the way their offense might formation wise. And you got to change the defense a little bit here and there. But this Lions team has done this since week one. They they go for it on fourth down. They are the lead leaders in fourth downs and fourth down conversions. And they play They They are the better version of Brandon Staley used to be coach for the L.A. Chargers. That's what Dan Campbell is because if they if if everything checks out right, they hit they uh score that two-point conversion, they win the game. We're not even having this conversation right now, right? It's a oh man, what a great play. Throw the ball to to the lineman, the lineman big dance, and we get a John Madden, you know, saying, Oh, I love a I love a big man because uh scores because we get a big man dance, right? My <laughs> point is is that <laughs> the Lions could be no worse than third in the playoffs, right? This is week 17 for them. It's not like it's week seven where you got to worry about another 11 more games. It's only two games remaining. So you're, you're on the road. I wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't call it too much of a hostile environment, not into the playoffs just yet. But I understand Dan Kemple's mindset when it comes to why do I want to go and play 10 more minutes to where I could risk maybe and injuries could happen any part of the any part of the day and time of the day, week, and year, right? I'm not stating that just because – you know, they play 10 more minutes in all, uh, overtime. Doesn't mean that somebody can't get hurt walking down their stairs in their mansion, right? My point is, is that you try to get out of there with a dub. Uh-huh. You move on. You go play week 18. And you get ready for the postseason. And, again, for the Lions, no worse they can do is third place in the NFC. I had no problems with the call. I do understand you and everybody else that talked about it. After the second and third try, hey, go kick the field goal. For what? Yeah, kick the extra point. Bro. For what? Because again, if we if we win, if we win, we get okay. If we win, we got to win this game and the next game. So we'll be able to try to get the second seed. We so? lose this game, we lose this game, and we lose week eighteen. We still get third seed. So why not? But you don't have a chance at the second seed if you lose the game. That's the whole point. You don't have a chance. If oh, I okay, win this so game, why I not? Why not? We just go lead. win it right now. Because again, just because we go to overtime and I have the momentum doesn't mean bro, we're going to win. You're not. <laughs> Okay. But you know it too. Just because we go overtime does not guarantee a win, no matter how much oil momentum you have. Um, I, do do you not you remember Matt Hasselback? Matt Hasselback playing against the uh, the Packers and Lambeau Field, talking about, "Yeah, we want the ball. We're gonna score." They had all the momentum yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had all the momentum okay. too. Yeah, that's that's all good and dandy. But after you showed so many plays, like let's be honest, when you game planning for a team, right? And I remember when I was an offensive coordinator coaching my eighth graders or whatever, we would game plan. And as we put that game plan together, we would talk about these sorts of situations and what plays we felt confident in. And every coach that calls plays has their plays that they know without a doubt, if I'm in this situation, these are the plays I want to go with, right? And you know in your heart of hearts what plays are like, I know we're going to go convert that. And what plays you're like, we could convert it, but I don't know. Like we, they got to show us the right look. We got to, you know, people got to do the right things. Like you know those plays deep down in your heart of hearts as a play caller, you know what you are confident, in, what you're not confident. In. Dude, after a couple of times, 
I'm just to me as a play caller, I'm I'm gonna kick the field goal because I I believe they ran what they wanted to run. They had already shown the looks that they wanted to go through. You gotta kick it at that point and let's reconvene. Trusting your defense. You pay these dudes for a reason. Trust I, resp- look, I think we all respect everybody's opinions on this. And this is one of those, you know, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk and woulda, coulda, shoulda's and and you know what would have happened if the play oh, no, would have counted. And I agree with you, right? I agree with you, Greg. I agree with you, X. Like, hey, let's go win it. I like the attitude, I like that mindset. Let's go win it. But at the same time, my whole thing is just after it now, the situation. If this was, if this was the po- if this was a postseason game, Lions and Lions and Cowboys, they're kicking the extra point, right? I think we can oh, all yeah, agree for on sure that. they're kicking the extra oh, okay. point in the postseason. So again, like we're all stating. I think this was more of a situational. It's a situational, situational think, game, right? I think if everybody deals with the situation different, I think, and that's why we're having the the conversation and the debate because I think for me the situation after you run a couple plays is like, dude, let's just kick it because there's another thing to think about. If you get into the situation in the playoffs, now if I'm a defensive coordinator that's playing you, I get a couple looks at what you may possibly do to run to. Okay, but that's those, those are those yeah, supposed to be counter plays adjustment. off of that. Well, right? yeah, I mean, we all know you, you usually have one play, sure. but you also have two or three counter plays. You got a couple, looks, you okay. got a couple looks at so the same thing. I, I, you're not wrong again. You're not wrong with what you're saying, but this, this is the NFL. Well, actually, I wouldn't say that just because it's the NFL. The, the, yeah, Eagles, still yeah, run, yeah. the Eagles still run the same three fucking plays, too. So I wouldn't say, hey, you know, it's the NFL. I'll leave that a lot. I'll leave that can of worms alone. We'll talk about that a little bit. probably all could call their plays. You ain't lying. But I want to end it on this. I want to end it on this before we move on. If I'm a Lions fan, I'm very optimistic because it took C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. to have 200-plus receiving yards for the mm-hmm. Cowboys to win by one point at home. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, again, if I'm a Lions, if I'm a Lions fan, Hussai, relax. Like, I wouldn't even think about it as that bad of a, oh, man, we lost. Who, who really cares? That serious. Who yeah, cares? Really Let's get ready for the playoffs and – for the Lions, show everybody why you deserve this third seed. You get to host a playoff game, and we'll talk about that very soon when it comes to these matchups because, ooh, these matches right now looking looking real like a doozy. So let me get to – I thought – and, again, it's not, a sex, it's not a sexy game, but I want to talk about it very, very shortly, very briefly, because of the way that the Rams are surging at this moment, second half of the season. At first, I thought it was the Denver Broncos that was going to be the second-half team, but it seems as though it's the L.A. Rams who are the team that's playing their best ball at the right time. Even though they scraped by the Giants, hey, a win is a win, especially this late in the season. And at this moment, if they were in the playoffs, or sorry, the players were to start today, they would be playing against the Detroit Lions. Now, again, we'll talk about that very shortly when we get into the playoff standings, but ish, for this game and this team, can the Rams really try to make some noise in the postseason? They're good for one round, potentially. One one round. I think depending on that first round matchup, they are definitely a team that can go on the road and go shock somebody. Only because, let's not forget, they're just a couple years removed from a Super Bowl championship. They still got a lot of those pieces there. They still got a damn good coach there um, that uh, he's been there before. They got a lot of veterans. Um, they've got 
you know, arguably one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, so they have the pieces to go and shock somebody on the road. I think they would only that shock factor would only be for one round. They would go in the first round, shock somebody, and then I definitely think they would lose in the next round. Um, but they can shock somebody. And if you if whoever they end up playing, if they're not careful, if you let them hang around, if it's an ugly game, which I think that's definitely what LA would want to do, right? Just making an ugly game. If it's an ugly game, they can find a way to sneak in and win that. No, I would definitely agree. Again, I was literally just speaking to my wife about this about an hour before uh, before this this show started. When it comes to hey, the Rams, they still have a little bit of championship DNA. You know, you still got a Super Bowl winning head coach, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl winning wide receiver, a triple crown wide receiver at that, and also a guy named Aaron Donald. I think people might have forgotten about. So they have certain pieces. The question is, is like you said, if they can they win that first game? And I'll be honest with you, Ish, I'm on the other side of the fence. If they can win that first game, especially if they match up with the Lions, like I said, we'll talk about that very shortly. I think that they can use that momentum to propel themselves moving forward because, like we stated, you know, the Niners really are the team to beat in the NFC, Cowboys there too, but. There's no guarantees just yet in the NFC. And if, if the Rams are able to knock out one of the powerhouses, I think that NFC, you know, again, it could it could be some fun going down in that conference in the place in the postseason. So we'll see how it all turns out. Again, I didn't want to spend too much time on this game. Um, Puka. And oh, I will say, but speaking of Puka, um a lot of Texan fans feel as though that CJ Stroud should be offensive rookie of the year. Um, my question to you is: Do those two games that he missed hurt his chances? Because no. Puka, if, okay, anything, they make, if anything, they make a stronger case for him because of the lack of success for the Texans with them. If out. anything, it makes a stronger case for why he is yeah. the MVP. I think without Puka, the Rams could still do what they need to do. Um, yes, he's putting up big numbers. I, I but I could they that. though? Because it seems as though you know, ever since Robert Woods, they haven't really been able to find that number two. They can do it. Okay. Hey, is this? I think this is a good. It's a good back and forth. Um, I, I, again, I, I can't. At one point in time, C.J. Stroud was in the running for MVP. We know that he probably will not be the MVP well, just because of games missed. But I will so. say this though: without C.J. Stroud, the Texans don't go to the playoffs. They still might not make the playoffs. Yeah, they get they get they gotta get but, there. But, but without C.J. Stroud, they're not in this conversation. That's I think without, without Puka. The Rams could still potentially sneak into the playoffs, be somewhere in that running or whatever. Yeah, you're not, I think it's a totally wrong. different conversation with C.J. Stroud and what he's been able to do for the Texans organization. You're That's the wrong. only reason why I, I got to give it to him because I just don't think if they go draft Will Levis that we having the same conversation. Understandable. Again, not going to debate you on that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about these bums. Well, I guess you hear you guys heard it here. Uh, Ish do not want to talk about the uh, the Bengals. Apparently, they are bums. So I'll go ahead and move on. Sight, we're gonna talk about this damn Bengals Chiefs game right quick. Ish, give us your thoughts on your team. But they're they're pretenders, man. They bums. They bums, man. I don't want to hear anything about it. I already done told everybody they they're not re- they're not a real deal. Now, can they get in the playoffs? Potentially get the right matchup in the first round and somehow find a way to snowball into the Super Bowl again. Yeah, because they've done it multiple times. They've been there multiple times. And you always have to 
look at a team that's been there before and knows what it takes to get there and give them a slight edge because when push comes to shove in these tight games, they find a way to win those types of games, right? And they find a way or they find that little that little step, that little bit of effort that helps them, you know, make that play that gets them over the hump. But when you look at this team and you look what they've been able to do throughout this season, you look at the progression, mainly that's what I'm talking about, the progression throughout the season. It's been horrible, okay? That that, that receiving core, there is no progression for me. It's actually getting worse as the season goes on. And what shows me that as an organization, they themselves don't believe in this core, they keep changing the makeup of the core. They keep changing who's getting what playing time, who's in what package. Um, you know, one week we want to try to use Tony and we still believe in him. But then the next week, oh, no, Richie James needs more time, um, more snaps out there. And then, oh, no, MVS. And then he gonna, and then he drops the most simple ball in the world. I mean, it's bad. They are honestly, truthfully struggling and they know it and they're having some internal issues. But again, they may actually end up winning some games in the playoffs and somehow making a run. But I just don't see it this year. I think the magic is gone. They need to go have some really um, serious conversations, uh, honest conversations with themselves in the organization and talk about, hey, we need to talk about the situation with Eric Bieniemy. We need to talk about the situation with Tyreek Hill. And what I would like to say is the arrogance of we can go put any Joe Schmo out at receiver for Patrick Mahomes and we're going to show everybody that we can win Super Bowls. Like, clearly that is not the case. You need to go figure that stuff out because you've had plenty of chances in free agency to go get a big name or get a guy that could come in and help Patrick Mahomes. And instead of doing that, they've decided they want to build around all these bums that go out and drop balls nonstop. And Travis Kelsey, his age is starting to show. I'm sorry. Maybe go ahead and go try to get, I don't know, somebody. Brock Bowers, if you if you're lucky enough, but that's probably not happening. So go try to get it, get a tight end because – I don't know. Kelsey's days are clearly numbered. We can see it now. Um, before we couldn't see it, but I definitely see it. What are you talking about? Boys having fun at New Year's oh, Eve parties man. with, with Miss Swiffy and the crew. Shut we out here chilling, man. baby. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. What are you talking you know, about? No, What's stress? We ain't got no stress in our life, baby. He's he, he he ready have for the postseason. You know why he don't have any stress? Because he's about to retire. That's why we made hey, one last run, baby. One last ride. Yeah. Yeah, one last ride that's not going to go very far. See, I think it's running to the Ravens. I think it's funny the way that you're talking about your Chiefs because we hear once well, we hear it time and time again with guys like LeBron and Tom Brady and Belichick when they were together with the Patriots. When it, these guys are slowing down, but sooner or later you can't keep doing what you're doing, and sooner or later it's going to fall apart. Until it falls apart for the Chiefs, I'm not buying this bullshit from you, Ish. I'm not buying this. You you, you pull the wool over everybody else's eyes. Let me just I've say, seen this story if, too many times. If the playoffs start today, they they'd be playing. Who would they be playing? The playoffs started the today. They would be playing right? against. They would be playing against the Bills. The Bills. Yeah. Oh wait, my my part. Hold up. No, the Colts or the Texans. I think. Whoever would be in that spot. Playing against. 
I can't read. I'm sorry. The Bills. My apologies. The Bills. I can't read. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, they will be playing. Maybe the Bills. Bills Dolphins oh, playing against the Bolts. Jaguars. Jaguars playing against the Browns. Oh, that's a loss. They played the Bills the first round. That's a loss. No, it's not. No, it's mark not. my words. They played the Bills the first round. That's a loss. Again, mark my words. Kansas City. Why in the hell? When in the hell have the Bills ever given us a reason to believe in them? Okay. Don't don't listen to me. Don't oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna believe in the half a billion dollar man. Okay, Mr. Biracial baby. Okay, he, he, better, he better spend spend that half a billion to go buy some new scouts. Okay, Mr. Mr. Mahone boy. Okay, Mr. Mahomes and Maato. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what that's who I believe in. Stay Farm out here in this bit. You feel mm. me? I'm playing. Mm -hmm. Okay, stay stay Farm. <laughs> mm. Stay Farm better be going and scouting the next wide receiver, mm. the next starting wide receiver for them. All right, auto serious though. Let's let's um. Let's finish it up with this last game because we, we can't get out of here without talking about probably the best team in the NFL. And we'll mm -hmm. get to the postseason uh, standings in a second. Dolphins-Ravens. I was the one that picked the Dolphins in a pregame show, mainly because I felt like the Dolphins needed this game way more than the Ravens. Just because the Dolphins needed it don't doesn't mean that they're going to go out there and go, win. You know, get out there and go get that win, which they definitely did not do. Um at one point, I thought, I thought the Ravens was stopped, was was was, was uh, done scoring, and then they ended up, you know, putting on like two more touchdowns after that. Um, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, Ish. The rest of the league need to watch out for the Ravens right now. I mean, Man. they they are on firing on all cylinders, both sides of the ball. Um, I, we all know their defense can come out and play. That's that's not the issue. But to have their offense now, you mentioned um, with Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco being on the team with the Ravens with Trent Dilfer, right? Where mm -hmm. they only scored like 18 points a game, but only gave up like six points a game, right? These pool, these fools are putting up 25, 30 points a game and still only giving up 15, you know, 15, 18 points a game, which is in this day and age is, is pretty it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a completely different Ravens team that we have seen before when it comes to how they are built, but they're still built the same way when it comes to defense being first, the lines, and then everybody else is kind of complimentary. But with the MVP, Lamar Jackson, who hopefully probably should be it, who Coach T feels as though that Lamar is the MVP. And I feel as though after that Niners win, I think that kind of solidified everything. Now after this win against the Dolphins, I think that is that is uh, uh, no doubt MVP uh, type of performance. And then also as well, um, I mean, who else would you give it to at this point? I mean, yeah, you can give it to Tyreek. Yeah, you can give it to CMC, who are putting up great stats and great numbers. And I will be the first to say, yeah, if you put Joe Flacco on his Ravens team, they probably still win in 9, 10, 11 games, right? And I could probably say that as well, too. But for Wait, Lamar Jackson Hold too, on, hold on, hold on. Man, I was about to let you make it, and then I thought about it. Okay. Did you just say Joe, Joe Flacco? Flacco. I said it. I said it. But if you don't stop with that, no, I said I said it. I said what I said. I'm not taking it back either. Anyways, back to my soliloquy. For Lamar Jackson to come into this season, bet on himself, get him a new contract, and to play as well as he's played this all this whole season, and to most likely win an MVP. If he's able to go out and win his MVP this year, and maybe even go win a Super Bowl, most likely probably be the MVP of the Super Bowl as well too. I mean that's a huge stamp right there on that on that paper, and I'll be the first to say I was wrong when it comes to I felt as though Lamar should have gotten an agent so he wouldn't have to worry about the contract negotiations and just worry about football. But 
tip of my cap to him if he's able to finish the job because at the end of the day, you got to finish the job first. But he's played tremendous this season. He is the MVP for this season. And I hope nothing but the best for him. The sky's the limit for him and this Ravens team. And we'll see how they play in the postseason-ish. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are clearly the best team in the AFC. I don't know if I can say the best team in the NFL. I know they beat the 49ers, but um, with how absolutely horrendous that game was for Brock Purdy, um, I don't know that I can use that game as the measuring stick for which team is the better team moving forward. Um, Obviously, on that day, the Ravens were the better team. things change you definitely could end up matching up again and if they match up again today I don't know that I would necessarily say that I'm just giving it to the Ravens hands down I think the Ravens are very good um and I think that they likely could win that matchup but I think it's still a close matchup um either way though they've shown that their head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC um it's their their conference to win this year um unless one of these teams, these surging um, teams like the Bills. Bills or Browns. Catch lightning in a bottle. Bills or Browns, they catch lightning in a bottle and they just go into the playoffs and start going on this crazy run. Um, I do think that the Ravens are going to find a way to make it to the Super Bowl. And um, what a statement that would be for Lamar Jackson and this team. I, I had this conversation earlier and I don't know what you think. Um, but I said something to someone and they were like, they stopped, they thought about it and they were like, man, you are hella disrespectful, but I'm going to still continue to say it because, um, I believe Mark Andrews going down was the crutch they needed to get rid of. Ooh, I think, I think that he was the crutch that Lamar Jackson needed to lose in order to go out and Mm. really trust in this receiving core. Hmm. Those are some bold words there. Um, not going to say you're wrong on that because I think a lot of people assumed after Mark Andrews getting hurt for an extended time that Lamar's passing numbers would drop. And mm-hmm. in reality, it has not. And mm-hmm. what you're saying, the numbers prove that you're right, right? So I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Um, and then also, too, and we both noticed we play football. I've played quarterback a little bit here and there. When your best target is out, you have to go. You have to trust everybody else. If you, I mean, I don't say you don't have to trust everybody else, but you have to give other people an opportunity to make a play. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's just been utilizing Zay Flowers, right? You know, everybody, everybody. I feel like everybody on the roster, the court, even of course the tight end, likely as well, has yep. been stepping up and being able to showcase their own talent in their own way. Um, again, I'm not going to debate you on that one. I think that's a Great take there. Um, it's interesting. I appreciate interesting. that. No, was, I think it's interesting. Uh, one thing I know about you and people that tune into the show is we got high football IQ. You know, when, I, I don't talk to people that just do social media talks and want to just hee hee ha ha barbershop talk when it comes to just, you know, only one person is the greatest and everybody else suck. We're not doing that around here. Okay. We talk real football. You don't like talking about real football. You can go watch all them other stupid shows on Fox or. ESPN with them talking heads. We don't do that right here. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the current playoff standings. AFC, no changes. No changes were made. No matter if you won or lost, everything stayed the same. Ravens number one, Dolphins number two, Chiefs number three, 
Jaguars number four, Browns number five, the Bills number six, and the Colts at the seventh seed. But the NFC, we saw a couple of changes here. Number one, the 49ers. Number two, the Cowboys. Number three, the Lions. Four, the Buccaneers. Five, the Eagles. Six, the Rams. And look who's making an appearance in that seventh spot. Mr. Jordan Love and the Packers. Now, I want to stick on this NFC side right quick because that's the team I want to talk about. Before the season started, if if I would have told you Jordan Love would have made the playoffs with this Packers team, would you have believed me? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. I No, that's bullshit. No. I can see that. No. No. But they're in the NFC North, and you – I can I, I, see why I, you I understand that. that. I, I understand that. But that because for you, you have forever held Captain America as this – like great. Ah, uh, here you go. You're bringing up. You're bringing up Kirk You're bringing up Kirk Chains. Okay. Let me just say this. I'm listening. We knew Minnesota was in for a down year. We knew that they started trading away Dalvin Cook and everything. We just knew something was going cooking in Minnesota. It wasn't going to be what it was. Okay. Detroit has always been a question mark. Were, are, were, have they been trending in the right direction? Yes. But that organization is historically a bunch of losers. So nobody, let's be honest, nobody was just jumping to say, oh, hands down, Detroit's going to win the North, right? Okay, so when you look at it from that standpoint, because <laughs> Chicago not even in the conversation, when you look at it from that standpoint, yeah, Green Bay can find a way to win. I, I mean, I was always under the impression that, I mean, there's a chance. I wasn't jumping up and down and saying, yeah, they're going to do it. But I was always under the impression of you're in the NFC North. Oh, yeah, there's a chance you can make it. You can find a way to get into the NFC North. Let's just like, be come real. On. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. The only reason why that they're able to be in this spot is because the NFC South is just that bad. The NFC North? Yeah. The, no, the NFC South. Oh, well, the NFC South. Bad. Yeah, the South. But, I mean, the South just didn't show up this year. I'm sorry to say. And, hey, let's start talking about this, and we will be talking about this as we move more into the offseason. Coach What's T going says, on in Atlanta? Coach T said, well, I'll get to that. Coach T says, I said the Packers were going to win the division. Green Bay could very well get to the playoffs with Jordan Love. I need to see receipts on that one, Coach T. I, I, I look, Coach T, you my dog and all. I need to see receipts nah, on that Because ain't, no ain't nobody, nah, nobody in hell thought the Packers were going to win this division. And, nope. again, it, it, it wasn't even about me picking the – or picking. I picked the Lions. We both, we both picked the Lions to win the division. So it wasn't about yeah, me yeah, picking yeah. The, the Vikings over the line. No, no, no. It just had everything to do with the – we didn't know what we were going to get from Jordan Love this year, right? That was the main concern was, can Jordan Love just play good enough to not mess it up for the Packers to be able to even get them to the playoffs? It were times where he played really good, then he kind of slumped off. He played good against, kind of stopped. And then the last these last four games of the season, he has played tremendous. No interceptions over the last four games. I want to say 10, to, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. And he has played very, very, very good football, which is going to make it very hard on that on that GM uh, to be able to say, "I don't know if I want to give you this contract or not, this you know extended contract, or if we want to go look for another quarterback." Uh, I think Jordan Love has played well enough to maybe earn himself another couple more years in Green Bay. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's always been their guy. I think it's it's a similar to Aaron Rodgers' situation when he first got there, where yeah. they just trusted like. In due time, you'll be ready. And hey, let's just talk about it. This is what it used to be back in the day. 
a quarterback waited behind a guy until nobody the wants time. to do that old yeah, stuff well, anymore. We want to throw, we want to throw quarterbacks right into the fire. Well, look at how it's worked out for Green Bay. So right. maybe we should be doing yeah. more of this yeah. instead of the nonsense that we keep doing, where we throwing these guys that aren't ready in. Um, but yeah, I believe you, Coach T. If you tell me, I don't see it as far fetched for anyone to have said, "Yeah, I picked Green Bay to win the North." Because let's be honest. Detroit should win this division, and they did win the division. But we all know deep down in our heart of hearts, Detroit a bunch of losers. So nobody was really rocking with them like that. There was some doubt in your mind. You were like, mm, I don't know. We got to see it. Can I, can I say something on that? It takes one year to change everything about what you did in your past, good or bad. Because you can roll your eyes, you can roll your eyes all you want to, but can we can we for, can we remember what the Patriots were before Brady and Belichick got there? They were the losers. They were called the Pansies. They were a team that that either got there and couldn't win at all. They went to two Super Bowls and lost. Or again, they were a team that was just a joke of a franchise until Belichick and Brady got there. And they went on a 20-year run, and we automatically going to assume at any time the Patriots touch anything that they're going to win anything, right? No, that's not the case. So for the Lions, it takes them one year, just like with Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals, to go to the Super Bowl. And for us to look at the Bengals now in a different light, and just for any other team out here to prove to everybody else that we're wrong, it's the Lions' opportunity this year. Let me let me just say this, okay? To I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna leave it alone. When you when all said and done, mm -hmm. and you done with with whatever you doing in in life, go ahead and become a preacher, okay? Oh Lord, go, go become a go, preacher because the way you preaching this hope make you believe, huh? I'm making you believe. Yeah, you might you might have missed your calling. You need to go ahead, go go find found yourself a church. You could be the next Joel Osteen. You could be online. Preaching the word and the hope to the hey, you better stop playing. You better stop playing. I'm gonna get that bank account like Joel Osteen. You better stop playing. Be pulling up to your house in a Ferrari. Yeah, the way you preaching this hope to the to the Lion fan base. Oh yeah, go ahead, go open you a church Look. in Detroit. They're gonna have you richer than Joel Osteen up there. Hey, it's a, let a snowstorm happen in Detroit. I'm gonna lock y'all out too, just like Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get to the AFC. Let's get to the AFC. I got we gotta get off here for the night before I get canceled. All right, we do not play with we do not play with with the Lord and Joel Osteen shouldn't be either. But, anyways, that's another story for another day. Let's get to the AFC. Ravens are the one seed, the dolphins are the two seed. We just did the AFC, the NFC. No, no, no. We did the NFC. Now we're doing the AFC. We did we did the AFC, bro. No, I Ish. We did the NFC first. We did the AFC. I need to fix my Zoom. My, my focus. Because we were just talking about the... Uh, Come on now. There we go. We were just no, talking we were... about, about the AFC. See, everybody, this is how you know Ish is sleepy. It's time for him to go to bed. He has three <laughs> kids, and these are the things that happen. We started off with the AFC. I told, I said the teams. Then I said the teams in the NFC, and then I stayed with the NFC. We talked about the NFC. Now we're going back to the AFC to talk about them briefly so we can get off the show and everybody oh, yeah, else yeah, can do yeah. what they need to do. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so to finish everything for tonight, Ravens are number one seed. Colts are the number seven mm -hmm. seed. Who cares about that? Let's talk about this matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs. If, the, if these are to the Bills win. stay where they are at, Ish believes that the Bills are going to Nothing win. Nothing else needs to be said. Bills win. But at the end of the day, you got to win an arrowhead. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that the Bills are probably the better team at this point, but 
ish. There's still a little mystique there in Arrowhead. I know you don't believe that, but that's besides the point. I got the Browns in the five seed. If they can do what they need to do, play sound defense, don't turn the ball over, I got them AFC Championship game. Mark, Mark, I call, I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right so, now. So let me say this because I need to look at who's Jacksonville playing. First round the Browns. No, next week. Oh, next week. Um, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Oh well, never mind. They're gonna win that game. Should. They're gonna well, win. One that thing game. I do know about Tennessee Titans, they do like to spoil things that happen. Well, they should because if the Texans win, if the basically if the Jaguars lose, whoever wins the Texans Indianapolis game wins the AFC South, which then that matchup becomes a whole different story because the Browns would then be playing either the Colts or the Texans, which they still win that game either way. So it doesn't matter from that standpoint, but it does matter from my standpoint because I think if you get a Texans-Miami matchup, I'm going to pick the Texans. Mm. If we, if we I'm not. Two, I'm if not. Two, seven, oh, I'm picking the Texans. I'm no, picking the I'm, Texans. I res- respectfully, I'm picking the Texans. I understand again. what you're saying. The Dolphins, I just, I, I just think just too much firepower. But also, the Dolphins are their own worst enemy when it comes that, to And that's, that, that's my. Uh, point. I, I understand what you're saying. I just, the perfect storm has to happen for them. And like you said, because they're so young and they don't know any better, and lightning in the bottle it'll, and everything you said earlier today, will be set up yes, for this, them. this would be the best time to everything do it on the road. On the road, nobody, you know, nobody believes you anyway. That's the best time to go play your best football. And I think a CJ, I think a CJ Stroud Texans is more dangerous than a Gardner Minshew Colts. I'm sorry. NFL, oh yeah, 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 yeah. NFL, I'm not going to figure out. We need to figure out how oh, yeah, you yeah. can set the script on Sunday so the Texans can beat the Colts because I don't want to see the Colts in the playoffs. I yeah, don't I don't want to see watch them. No, I, I, I know uh, Pat McAfee love him some Gardner Minshew. I was listening to him yeah, gobble, no, gobble up uh, Gardner Minshew. I don't want to see that crap. I don't. I'm. I really don't want to see that nonsense. Shout out to Coach T. He says he enjoys the podcast. Keep up the great work. We appreciate, appreciate you as that. always for tuning in, Coach T. Appreciate that, Coach. And, and I still believe you. I still believe that you picked the Packers before the season. Don't let X get in your head. About not that I don't believe. I just need receipts. That's why we do the show for my for the bad takes and the great takes. They're on. They're on tape. You can keep the receipts. You're more than welcome to go laugh back at me or to be like, "Damn, X and Ish, they were right." At the end of the day, it's all—it's all love. It's just football. It's just sports. We're just talking. Don't take it as personally as some people I know on on, on these socials and things of that nature. Ain't none of y'all getting paid to play football. About ninety percent of y'all suck, anyways. If I'm being completely honest. Oh. Yeah, I said it. About ninety oh. percent of y'all suck at football, anyways. Y'all sucked in middle school, sucked in high school, shouldn't have played in college, and that's about it. So. At the end of the day, I hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all's night. We will be back week 18, last week of the NFL season on Sunday pregame show here on X-Talking-ish. And, of course, wrapping it up next Tuesday. And then we are headed to the playoffs. Playoff time. All righty then. That being said, we appreciate y'all as always. We will see y'all next Sunday here on X-Talking-ish. Peace.